the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Struggling with the love we are to have for one another as believers? Helps on the way. Stick around. Times are refreshing. Next. We are indeed to love one another. That is the command from our Heavenly Father. As believers in Christ, as His children, that is the moniker that you and I are called to live by. Yet, it can be challenging at times. So how do we love our brother? Well, here in John chapter 13, we have the answer. And that's what we're looking at today here on Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. Join us, John 13, verses 31 through 35. From the well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California, Pastor Napoleon Kaufman, once again with today's broadcast. If you're chomping out the bit, you might not be ready for the race yet. Can I have an amen? I'm telling you what my pastor, Pastor James Davis, years ago told me. Said that. I'm chomping at the bit. I'm ready. I can preach. I'll prophesy. I'll cast out devils. I'll heal the sick. I'll walk on water. I'll do everything. Ah! Now cut me loose. I'm ready to go. I've been saved one year. I don't even know what the book of Leviticus is yet. He said, boy, you better sit down right there and listen to what I got to say. He showed up dead. And then I said, ah, blah, blah. I went out there a couple of times. The devil whooped me a couple of times. I was like, oh, I need to sit down here. <laughs> I'm trying to cast out devils. I'm blah, the devil tearing me up. So I, I wasn't ready. I'm serious. That actually happened. I'm not playing. I, I went to a service. Somebody asked me to speak at the service. And I'm telling you, a demon manifested. I said, I got him. I'm ready. Everybody, clear out. And I'm, you asked my wife. Man, I sat there. I'm sweating. And I said, the service is over. That demon still didn't come out. <laughs> and I thought about that. I think about Pastor Davis. He said, sit down and learn, son. I'm just yelling at the devil, come out now! I said, come out! The devil's like, I'm not, well, I'm not listening to you. You don't even know what the book of Leviticus says. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> why do I tell on myself all the time? I just, no, but let me say this to you. All of us have spiritual authority. All of us have power. We have the strength of God. But all of us need to be taught and learn and be instructed, amen, in the things of God. And we have to learn that it's not a matter of someone else holding us back. But we have to learn, first and foremost, to honor other people and give preference to them above ourselves so that the church doesn't just come up, be, become about us. 
We begin to truly walk in love and it's about how can I bless somebody else and how can I push somebody else and cause them to appear great instead of myself. He says in verse 11, not lagging in diligence. He says, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope. He says, patient in tribulation. This is one of the things that I'm learning. Even through our building project and things that go on, sometimes you have things. We have to learn to be patient through tribulation. There's times when we have to learn to be patient, not panic, but be patient. Amen? He says, continuing steadfastly, he says, in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality, and this becomes a lifestyle. He's instructing this church, but it's about us first becoming kindly affectionate to one another, learning to love with brotherly love. Getting lust out of our hearts and learning to love with brotherly love. All of us, God wants this for our lives. And you know what? This kind of atmosphere, it can become contagious and it can spread. And you can provoke someone to live this kind of lifestyle through your diligence and your commitment to choosing to love not only just God, but to love one another. Watch this. Go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 on down to 25. Look at this. He says, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, he says, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed With pure water of the word of God. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Now look at verse 24. He says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up what? Love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. But exhort one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. We talked about the day on, uh, on Wednesday night Bible study. But I love what he says in verse 24. He says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. And I think <clears throat> this is something that we need to do, that we can do by the power of God. We can stir up, and as we consider one another, we should consider one another in order To stir up love and good works. Love and good works can be stirred up within a local church. It can cause others to be affected. And I think this is something that has to happen. When we get into the church, it becomes about glorifying God, being a blessing to someone else. It becomes contagious and it begins to create a stir within the house. That people are laying down their lives to be a blessing and a benefit to someone else. They're choosing to love someone and then now they're, they're, they're um, affectionate towards them. Affectionately uh, caring for people. And it just becomes a lifestyle and a culture within a local church. All of us should desire this. How are you and I stirring up other people To love and good works. And to do good works. Think about it. What is it about my life that would stir up love and cause good works to begin to spring forth 
in their lives. We have to think about this. And I'm not just talking about how we stirring people up to prophesy because we want to stir people up for the prophetic. We want to stir people up for world missions. We want to stir people up for to do a lot of things. But I want to stir people up in this church when they see their brother or sister coming to the church on Sunday morning that their heart warms and they say, man, I'm so glad to see you today. How you doing? What's going on in your life? How's your week? Did you have a good week? You need to pray about something? See, a lot of times we, our first thought is, you know, how can I get a, how can I, I can't wait till they get to the altar so I can lay hands on them. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you see the person there, you have a kindly, you're kindly affectionate towards them because you're happy just to see them. Can I have an Amen. That the ushers, when they see people coming in, their thought is, man, I'm so happy to see you. Not, man, we don't have enough seats and I got to move somebody. And now I got to make somebody mad because they're trying to worship. And then I got to move them out of the way. And You know I love the ushers in the church. The ushers can ush really good in this church. But I'm just saying that when the children, now watch this, when the children come to the children's church and we're almost at capacity, and you're serving in the children's ministry. And you don't really want to have another kid come. <laughs> because you're trying to deal with the ten that are already there. But something in you says, I don't care about how I feel. Because I love these kids. And they're a blessing. And I get a chance to pour into them. And love on them. And teach them about the love of Christ. And, and it stirs something up in the atmosphere. And it, and it creates something here. When everybody sees everyone doing this. It just, it just sets the temple for God coming in. And doing what he wants to do in our house. But something in us has to pause and say. God help me to stir somebody else. I want to consider another person. In order to stir up love. And then he says, and good words. And then look what he says in verse 25. He says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some. But exhort one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. You know, God is in the business of bringing us all together. They met in the temple, and they met from house to house. And you have to think about this, saints. I just want to share this. Because sometimes I have a hard time. You know, even being a pastor because I, I really don't understand. And when I got saved, the church that I, I went, I lived in Alameda, California. And the church that I attended initially was in Sacramento. I would drive on Friday night and on Sunday morning to Sacramento. I would get in my car and I would say, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will rejoice. And I would drive about an hour and 15 minutes to go to church. I didn't blink. Because I knew I was getting fed in that house. And that was my pastor. I get him. I mean, if my, my, if my boss said, you need to go over there. Most of us, we won't complain one bit. We'd be in there, well, what time are you going to give me? Am I going to get a raise? Okay, I'll be there. Can I preach today? 
I mean, because it's the truth. We don't argue with our boss. I mean, our boss tells us. And then the Lord says, I'm going to give you a blessing and I'm going to change your life. I'm going to change your marriage. I'm going to heal your body. I'm going to restore you. But you, can you just drive over here one time? I was, I, you know, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm going to be very, very open and honest with you guys with this statement. And I, I'm saying this with all the love of my heart. But I've been amazed. Even though, you know, we're having church at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, think about it. We got hour and a half service. Man, we have church. We used to have church at 9 and 11. We just moved it back a couple hours or two for an hour and a half. And people saying, well, I'm going to come back to the church when we get into the new building. You know, my thing is, you may not be welcome back at the church (laughs) when we get in the new building. Landon, can I, can I just preach that? Can I preach that, Landon? I mean, what you talking about? You think this, what you think? The brother, people don't see? Oh, I'm back now. Oh, we done went through all this stuff. Grinding away. I'm dealing with contractors and arguing with folks and whoo, praise the Lord. Where's my seat? The devil is alive. You better go back to the church you was going to. Because we're about to have some church up in here now. I'm just saying, man. I'm going to preach. I mean, hey, you guys know me. I'm watching. He said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as is the manner of some. People had a nerve to go. We in here fighting away. Ah, the devil, we bind you. I'm here. The devil is a lie. I'm coming back when you get into the new building. We don't need you in the new building. We need help now. We're trying to grind away now. But God's still faithful. Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen? God's still faithful. We're still having church up in here. God is still moving in this place. God's still saving people. God's still healing people. God's still filling people with the Holy Ghost. God's still moving. Don't tell me God don't need a building. He just needs some people that love each other and they're on fire for the kingdom. Woo! Don't get me started up in here. We'll have church in the park and the power of God will fall in the park. Ah, don't get me started. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell him, you better ask somebody. Jesus didn't have a building. He walked on the corner and started healing people and preaching the gospel and saving people and getting people delivered. Moving it back two hours and people, what's wrong with people, man? Two o'clock. He said, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We want to exhort each other so much the more as we see the day approaching and we want to band together as God begins to speak and does what he wants to do in our church. But understand, saints, it is a matter of love. Amen. When you love people, you can't wait to get the church to see them. And you're going to be at church? I can't wait to see you. What you've been doing all week? Go to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. And you guys know I, I haven't said, said much. I just sit back and watch and do my thing. But I just had to let y'all know that I, 
I hear. I don't say much, but I hear. Just keep on preaching. Keep on preaching, amen? 1 John chapter 3, look at verse 10 on down. Now, we're going to just break this down all the way down because I want our church to be clothed in this and I want it just to sweep through our atmosphere here at the church and be, most importantly, in our hearts. Look what it says in verse 10. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. Nor is he who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning. That we should love, he says, one another. Not as Cain, who was of the wicked one. And murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers were righteous. Envy, jealousy, People measuring themselves by themselves. This is one of the, these are one of the things that causes um, individuals to, through this insecurity, to, to try to stamp out what they, the good that they see in somebody else's life. You may not murder someone physically, but you'll murder them with your tongue. Happens all the time in church. I don't know about her. I don't like her. I don't, I don't like him. He said this. You know, it's just foolishness. He says in verse 13, Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love who? The brother. It doesn't say because you love God. Now, obviously, we know we have to love God, and God wants us to love Him. But you have to, all of us have to realize that God is looking at our love for Him, and He's weighing it by our love for people. He says that these are the greatest command, that you love the Lord, thy God, with all their heart, their mind, their soul, their strength. And, and then you love your neighbor, you know, as yourself. This is what God is looking for. He says, we know that we have passed from life, from death to life, because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love. And this is why I said in the very beginning. He says by this we know love. Because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for who? The brother. He says but whoever has this world's good. And sees his brother in need. And shuts up his heart from him. How does the love of God abide in him? And I love this because he doesn't just say his pocketbook from him. He says, shuts down his what? His heart. It's the heart. God is looking at our hearts. My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our hearts and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. He says, and whatever we ask, we receive of him. He says, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love who? One another. 
He says, and love one another as he gave us what? Commandment. This is a command. Love is a command. God causes us to make a decision to obey the, the command. And then the feelings come after we've made a decision. I'm going to love people. I'm going to love my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm going to love them. It may doesn't mean that we don't, that we always get along or stuff happens. But I love you enough that if something does happen, I'm going to practice forgiveness so we can maintain our relationship. Can I have an amen? This is how we ought to live our lives. And it's a sign of true discipleship. Go to John chapter, 1 John chapter 4. Let's look at verse 20 on down to 21. Yeah, 1 John chapter 4. Verse 20 to 21. He, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him That he who loves God must. Somebody say must. He says must love his brother also. This is powerful. It's powerful. You know. I'm not saying that. You know saints we have to really look at this. And be honest. Okay. We want our love to be without hypocrisy. But at the end of the day. We have to pause. We have to stop. We have to ask ourselves. You know. Do I really, really love my brother? Because I, right now in the church, everybody's talking about loving God. Getting closer to God. And we should get closer to God. Not at the expense, though, of us getting close to each other. And loving your brothers and sisters in Christ. And this is the issue. Everybody wants to be, get translated into the third heaven. But they don't want to come down from the mountain and know and learn and walk with the people that we're walking through, walking with on a day-to-day basis. Moses had to come down from the mountain, y'all. And he had to dwell amongst the people. And he had to deal with the murmuring. He had to deal with the complaining. He had to deal with people doing stuff. He had to deal with it. It was his life. But the key here is, for us, is we have to learn how to practice forgiveness and allow God's Spirit to flow through us so that we maintain relationship. That relationships mean more to us than just my purpose. And just what I'm supposed to do for God. That man, I love these people. I care about these people. It's not a matter of all this stuff is going to handle itself. But at the end of the day, when somebody walks in the door, when you see your brothers and sisters, there's something in you that says, man, I thank God for this, this person. This person's a soldier. It's a, it's a sign that I pass from death to life when I can truly love people. And hey, listen, you can love somebody and still be disappointed at their actions. And tell them about it. But on the flip side, say, man, now oh, I love you. No, I'm mad. You know, come on, let's go to lunch. You buying, no. Because <laughs> I'm mad at you. <laughs> But you know what I'm saying. It becomes, and but what happens today in churches, it's just, it's just, it's just hypocrisy. Because soon as somebody steps on somebody's toe in the church, I'm not, I'm not sit over there. 
What service they going to? They going to two, I'm going to six. <laughs> and then we praise God. Say, so, Lord, it's all about you. It's all about you. And God said, it's all about the person you're mad at right now. Leave your gift on the altar. Isn't that what the scripture says? But what happens is for all of us as believers, you have to work through things. I understand that. But we got to stop saying we love God when we don't love people. This is the commandment that we have of him that he who loves God must love his brother also. Amen. And you're listening to Pastor Napoleon Kaufman here today on Times of Refreshing. Our desire is to see you grow in Christ through the daily ministry of God's Word. And as you take time to spend with us studying God's Word, we trust you are being encouraged in Christ. You can reach out to us by phone, 925-292-7800, 925-292-7800, or write to us, Times of Refreshing, 2333 Nissan Drive. Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. You're also welcome to visit our website, thewellchurch.net. It's a great place to visit if you would like information regarding who we are, where we meet, what we're about. Past sermons are available online there, as well as our online store. And you can even get connected with us there. Again, thewellchurch.net. I would invite you to join us on either our church app, at our website, thewellchurch.net, or on our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And remember to be faithful as well during this time of challenge with your giving. You can give online through our website, through the church app, or by mail to the church office. And we are praying and standing on his truths during this time and remembering that God is in control and we're praying for you. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. 